Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, we kept kind of an end of the summer tradition today. Uh, Caleb Bosler, our youth intern for the summer, is going to preach the word. Uh, most of you know his family. Uh, but Caleb's been away at Masters for two years, um, studying to be a pastor. He would like to go into youth ministry. Uh, he's done a great job in what uh, was a rough summer for many reasons. And uh, we're just thankful for him, um, thankful to have got to be his youth pastor as he was growing up. Um, he's got too many youth pastors around him in a lot of ways, but uh, it's a joy to see him um, really just learn in high school what it was to follow Christ on his own, apart from um, having to do it just because of his family, but what it meant to have joy and to walk with God. And so I'm encouraged, I'm encouraged uh, that we get the chance to hear him preach this morning, and I hope you all be encouraging to him as well. So, Caleb, bring it, dude. Have pulpit, we'll travel. All right. <laughs> Hello. How how is everyone? Are you guys doing all right? So everyone this whole week. So I've been telling people that like I'm gonna preach in big church, and they like everyone's like all caring, you know, a lot of people, and they're like, Caleb, like, are you nervous, man? Like, like, are you like, are you scared? And like, honestly, uh, I mean, a little bit, but like. Last time I was up speaking in front of people in this room was way worse. It was at VBS. Uh, I had to do creature feature because I was volunteered by Zach. And uh, I had to explain like facts about narwhal to a bunch of kids. And like, I assume you guys, like, if I say something wrong, like, you'll be nice and, you know, just like let it slide. But, like, your kids, man, like, like, nothing, like, I, I think I said, like, three wrong things about the narwhal, like, every time, they caught me, hands raised, hey, Caleb, you're wrong, I'm like, I'm like, guys, like, I have feelings too here, man, like, 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 be nice to me, kids, but, yeah, so, so, like, honestly, this is a relief being up here, I mean, yeah, honestly, and also, like, uh, like, it's been, like, Brandon says, like, it's been a tough summer. It has, but I, mostly it's been great. It's It's been great. And I know, like, I know even if I had a horrible summer, I'd be forced to say that it's great. <laughs> but, but, like, like honest, honestly, like, <laughs> like, honestly, I've, I've loved being an intern. Uh, so fun to hang out with everyone, to, to help each other grow, you know, to, to learn what, what pastoring means. And so... So it's been great. Uh, it's been great. So if you guys could open your Bibles to Philippians 3. Philippians 3. Uh, we're going to start in verse 12 today. So I guess there's not many like younger people in here, but has anyone either gone to Cummings Valley School, had kids in Cummings Valley School, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah, Sean. Sean was my age. We went to Cummings Valley together. Uh, pretty cool. Uh oh yeah. <laughs> uh so so you guys, I was once in Cummings Valley School, right? I was a younger guy, and every year the Cummings Valley School for Thanksgiving, I guess, they have the turkey trot, which is like a run. It's like it's it's probably like half a mile, but it seems like 5 miles at the time cuz I was in second grade. 
And so just a little bit about myself when I was little. Uh, how do I say this? Like, like my mom, like if it was like fellowship time is next. Uh, if I was in second grade and it was fellowship time and my mom wasn't looking, I would have like 12 cookies. <laughs> right? I was that kid. And so because of this, my athleticism was hurt greatly by this habit. And but but I I'm like I'm a pretty like overconfident guy sometimes. So I'm uh so the turkey trot, let me explain. There's like the pre turkey trot where you run as a class to see who's the best and who's gonna compete in the turkey trot. I'm like, that's gonna be me this year, everyone. And I think the race was like three laps around like the little playground. And I didn't really put it together that like like what pacing myself meant. And so I was like, I'm winning this. So teacher starts. I start running. I'm in first place for like half a lap. Because <laughs> I, was, I was doing a full sprint and everyone else was jogging. And <laughs> I probably looked very dumb. And, and then like half a lap, I just gave out. I was like, like, this is tiring to sprint half a lap when you're a kid and you're very fat. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like, and so I was tired. I gave up. I'm like, oh. I gave up and I just walked the rest. Like, I got like fourth last in my class, you know. Big disappointment. Big disappointment, man. Uh, but it's kind of it's kind of like what we're talking about today. It's kind of like what I'm about to talk about. This idea of racing or of running long distance race. So, Philippians chapter 3. Now we're going to be in verse 12. And if you'd stand in honor of God's word. Philippians 3, chapter 12, says this, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray that God might help us understand his word. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you that uh, you give us the opportunity to come to church and fellowship and learn what, who you want us to be, Lord. Please help us, Lord. Uh, you're a great God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So, if you are a Christian... Here's what being a Christian means. It, be, it means believing that Jesus died for us, right? That Jesus came to earth, God being Jesus, came to earth, died for our sins, rose again so that we might be forgiven, that we might be saved from our sins, right? That we might have new life. And there's some crazy things about being a Christian, right? So uh, as a Christian, right, if you... If you if you believe in Jesus and you are a follower of Jesus, of Christ, uh, here's, what, here's, what <laughs> here's what the Bible describes you as, all right? You're a child of God. You're a child of God. It says that uh, in the very book I preached in Philippians uh, 2. It talks about that. You're a child of God. So, I don't know, like, like I get this all the time. People are like, Caleb, you're so much like your dad. And right, that's because he's my dad, right? <laughs> like, you know, I guess, yeah, I get all of his traits, <laughs> whether I like it or not. And, <laughs> right? And, 
But if we're called children of God, like, what does that mean? That means people are looking at us, about to be like, wow, you're kind of, you're holy like God, right? You're, you act like God. Right? That's crazy. Uh, it calls us saints. In the first chapter of the book I'm reading, it addresses it to the saints in Philippi, right? Because it calls, if, we, if you're saved by Jesus, you're a saint as soon as you become saved, right? And like, isn't that, that's crazy, right? Like, imagine if we got a letter and it said, to the saints at Bear Valley Church, right? And the mailman showed up and he's like, all right, I'm looking for the saints here who acts like saints, <laughs> Like, looking around, oh, sorry, wrong church. And then you just, you know, like, right? Because we don't act like saints, right? We don't, uh, we don't, we don't really, like, people wouldn't look at our lives and say, wow, what a saint, Caleb Bosley. Wow, way to go. Like, uh, we're called to be like Christ, right? It, it talks about, talks about Paul becoming more like Christ in chapter three. Like, question to ask yourself, are you, like, do you act like Christ? Like, Look at your week. <laughs> Did you act like Christ? Right? So there's this mismatch, right? Where as a Christian, we're called to be all of these things, but we're way far away, right? We're way far away. We don't we don't live up to it, right? And so so this is this is what Paul what Paul talks about. So look down verse twelve. Verse twelve says this not that I've already obtained this. Or I'm already perfect. So Paul, the writer of this, he's admitting that, right? We're not perfect like G- like Jesus yet, right? We're not, uh, we're not like Christ. He admits it. He says, "Not that I'm there yet, not that I'm there yet." But here's what he says. He says this: "I press on to make it my own, to make it my own." What is it? He's talking about. He's pressing on towards this Christ likeness, towards this perfection if you will right he and so let's talk about what pressing on is so i think that's the that's the title of my sermon pressing on and what does it mean to press on so running right if you're running and you press on means you're tired you want to quit but it's not quitting right it's not giving up and keeping going right until you finish the race right so paul is saying but even though he's not there yet, he's not giving up. He's he's continuing, trying to be more like Christ, trying, trying, trying to get to the holiness that Christ wants, right? And when we talk about pressing on, like this sounds sounds easy, doesn't it? Like becoming like Christ. Wow, <laughs> you know. But uh, like pressing on, it kind of implies that it gets hard, right? Do you guys uh, you guys feel like it's hard? To, to not quit being who God wants you to be, to not quit trying to be more like Christ every day. Um, man, it's like, uh, it's hard. You see, like, so I was, like Brandon talked about, I went through the youth group, right? I was, you know, I was that middle schooler sitting over there. And right, I had my, like, friends beside me who, uh, you know, who I was following Jesus with, who I was, who I was becoming more like Christ with, right? And a lot of them quit, right? A lot of them quit. A lot of them don't care anymore, right? A lot of them have said, maybe this Jesus thing isn't fun anymore, right? Maybe I need to move on. Like, you know, maybe I'm tired 
I'm tired of following Christ, right? So it's a temptation. It's huge. It's huge. It's a big deal. So, of course, like, it's great. It's great to be a Christian because we have motivation. Like, we have, we have, we have reasons to press on, right? God doesn't just say, press on, Caleb. Like, keep going, right? There's big, big reasons to press on. So let's talk about them. Uh, it says, verse 12, I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Christ Jesus has made me his own. That's our first motivation. First motivation to press on today is Christ Jesus has made me his own. And what does that mean? It means he gave himself for us on the cross, right? It means it talks about in, uh, in Corinthians that he paid the price, right, so that we could be his, right? So, so that means we're not our own, right? Like that means, that means I, Caleb Bozler, a Christian, right, I can't just do whatever I want now. Because I don't belong to myself. I belong to Christ, right? And we get we get motivation from this uh, because of what Jesus has done for us, right? If you <coughs> if you ever find yourself tired, thinking I want to quit, I want to I want to quit becoming who who God wants me to be, think about the price that Jesus has paid for us, right? Think about what He did on the cross for us and how He bought us with a price. So that's our that's our first motivation. So let's talk about what it, more on what it means to press on, what it means to not quit, what it means to keep going. So uh, let's talk about verse 13. Uh, Paul's talking again. He says this, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. So he's, he's saying again, he's not, he's not perfect yet. He's not who Christ wants him to be yet. But here's what he says. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. So let's talk about the first one, forgetting what lies behind. So let's talk about Paul. If you guys know about Paul, if you studied, you know, Paul, the guy in the Bible, uh, try to imagine with me how hard of a time Paul had putting things behind him, right? So, so on one side, Paul killed Christians before he came to Jesus, right? He killed them. He was he hated people who believed in Jesus. And that was his job, right? Like that's that that was his passion. He was, uh, right? Like that's that's huge. Like I I've never <laughs> never killed anyone. Right? I don't have I don't have guilt that big. And on the other side, Paul. Like better Bible student than I could ever be, right? He, he, like he wrote a bunch of the New Testament, right? Like that's, like wow, you could you could look at yourself and you say you're pretty great if you did that. He also planted tons of churches, and was probably uh, the person God used to save thousands of people, right? So, what are the two things we're supposed to put behind us? First one is guilt. First one's guilt. All right, one of the, like a horrible thing you could do for yourself in the morning. Like imagine you you wrote down the list of all the things you've ever done wrong. Like, you know, I've failed people here. I've, I've damaged relationships here. Uh, I've 
I've hurt people here, right? You just write a huge list, stick it on your door, right, before you go out of the house, right? That's what guilt is. That's carrying that and thinking, like, I'm a horrible person all the time. So, so, of course, like, like I could do that. I could think of all my sin. Like, of course I'm a horrible person. Like, I'm, I'm a sinner. But here's what Satan tries to do to us. Tries to say, like, you're stuck there, right? So, so I'm sure Paul, like, on his, like, I bet you uh, that he would be, like, getting ready to preach to thousands of people or, or, or helping plant a church. And just Satan would bring up in his mind, like, the people that he killed. Right? Like, think how hard that would be. Imagine, like, what the guilt would feel like. Right? Satan would be like, Paul, here's what you are. You're a Christian killer. Why are you, why are you following Jesus, man? That's who you are. You're a Christian killer. And on the other side, right, Paul could say, like, like, if I were, if I had just planted 12 churches, helped save thousands of people, I would have a temptation to be like, hey, kind of better than everyone else already. I can just kick it you know i can stop stop being who christ wants me to be right and you have to look at your own life right there's probably a lot of guilt there right some of you have a lot of guilt some people like i bet you there's people who like to come to church but they feel guilty like they feel that they're not worthy to be in church which which you aren't and i'm not but it's because of what christ has done right same with same with pride a lot of people a lot of people look back at what they've done like, I have the temptation to do that. Like, my youth group attendance was, like, way better than most people, you guys. Like, just saying. Like, that's pretty impressive. I don't know. Like, right? Like, like we, could, we could look back on that and say, like, you know, I'm good where I am. I'm good not, not becoming more like Christ. Or I'm not worthy to become more like Christ. And you're not. You're not, right? But again, it's what it's it's because of what Christ has done. We're supposed to put that behind you. So take your guilt, take your pride, put it behind you, and do what it says next. It says, uh, it, it says, straining forward to what lies ahead. Straining forward. So, so it's the idea of being in a race, straining. So, shoot, like I'm used to teaching kids. My bad, but. Like, have you guys seen the movie Cars? Like, okay, well, I'll, I'll have to explain it, I guess. <laughs> right, so there's this movie Cars. It's about a bunch of cars with faces and, like, they can talk and stuff. And there's this one main character, Lightning McQueen, you know? And he's in a race, right? And he's in the lead. His tire pops. And so he's about to lose, like, by barely, he's about to barely lose. Then he like sticks his tongue out, and and he gets on the next race, right? Just because he like stretched forward, stuck his tongue out, right? In some versions, straining is like stretching. What it is, it's like it's like doing your very best. It's it's like being so determined to get to that finish line. That's what it's like. It's like putting all that behind you, right? And pressing on, pressing on towards who God wants you to be, right? That's what it's talking about. So. Uh, there's there's a second motivation we have it, it gives in this verse. Uh, look down, verse fourteen. Verse fourteen says this: I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Right. So second motivation to press on, 
uh, is the prize. You could put the prize. What is the prize? Right, what is the prize? The prize is that we as Christians get to go to heaven someday, right? Have you ever, like, have you ever seen a, sp- <laughs> a like, a pro sports event, like a championship, like, recently, most recently, like, basketball, right? Like, two months ago. Can you imagine, like, for the championship game, like, a player just being, like, like, honestly, like, I'm tired, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm heading off. Like, in the middle of the game, right? Why does, like, like, I guarantee you, basketball players and most other sports, like, they get really tired. They're like, I don't care because I'm kind of obsessed with winning, right? That's what they say because they're looking on. They don't care that their legs are hurting because they want a championship so bad. So, as Christians, why don't we give up? Why don't we quit? Well, we don't quit because we're looking forward, right? Like, we don't, we're not, we're not taking, like, care about, like, the hard, the hardship we're going through because we have, we have hope of eternal life, right? We have, we, we know as Christians that we'll be with Jesus someday, that we'll be, that we'll be changed to be like Jesus in heaven, right? That's, that's why we press on. That's why we don't quit. That's why. That's why. Uh, and so the guy, the guy who wrote this, like, you may ask, like, wow, hopefully he's a good example of not quitting, right? And Paul, again, he's the same guy who was probably tempted with guilt for killing Christians. He's probably tempted from pride for being a great, you know, uh, person used by God, right? He's tempted by both those things. And you wonder, like, did he press on? Did he... Did he continue until he died? And and the answer the answer is yes, he did. He did. He uh, Paul is a great example of a Christian just like you guys who did not quit, did not give up, did not say I'm tired of this, right? But he pressed on until until he died, right? And that's my prayer for us. That's my prayer uh, that I would be. That's my prayer that all you would be that that we would not that we would not quit on Jesus, right? That we would not we would not quit being the person that God wants us to be, but that we press on. All right. So it says, I'm just gonna read you something from First or Second Timothy, chapter four. Uh, this is Paul's pretty much his last last letter. He's talking about the end of his life, right? It says this: For I am being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. He's going to die. He's about to, he's about to be killed for being a Christian. He says this: I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Right? It's my prayer. You can say that at the end of your life. You can say, "This is who I am. I didn't give up. I pressed on towards who Christ wants me to be." So let's pray that God might help us do this. Dear God, thank you, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to explain what what you want us to do, Lord. What you you want us to be, Lord. We need your help, Lord. We know it's hard, um, Lord. Please help us uh, put our guilt, put our pride aside, and press on to know you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks, you guys.